today is part two as we go into this book by David Platt. Here he is. Can you see it? You can't see it in the sun. Here it is. Um, called Follow Me. It's a really good book. It's really good for us in the Bay Area, especially. And so last week, we talked about how life is short. And God has given us a mission of making disciples. And so really, uh, church family, friends, we just don't have time to waste. I mean, I think that was really the very heart of last week. We don't have time to waste, you know. And so we gave um, everyone something we're calling a Lenten challenge. And um, it was an invitation slash challenge to let go of one thing uh, for the next 30 days that you just honestly, you don't need. And then to pick up one thing that would get you closer to Jesus and his mission. So uh, let go of one thing, pick up one thing. And so last Sunday um, after church, I, I asked my family if they wanted to uh, participate. And they said, yeah, okay, let's do it. And so we kind of went around the table and each person came up with one thing they're going to let go and one thing they're going to pick up. And so here are some things the individuals in my family are giving up. Dessert, YouTube, and being angry. And, um, uh, and then here are some things we're picking up. We're picking up, one person's picking up worship. And another person is picking up reading more of the Bible. And then one of us is going to pray for the people in the world who have never heard of Jesus. Okay, so that's, that's what my family is going to do. This is just my family. Um, would you pray for us? Pray for my family. And we're praying for you. And uh, because here's the thing, just doing these things doesn't guarantee that we'll feel closer to Jesus. Uh, we need the power of God's spirit. You know, so uh, we're praying for you for that. And, and please, uh, just lift each other up in prayer. Okay. <clears throat> now, after last Sunday, I received a bit of feedback from the message. Um, if, if you didn't listen to the message last Sunday, um, uh, I, uh, I think that would be a good idea. Um, now, I use the example of, of John Chow sacrificing his life to share Jesus with the North Sentinel tribal people from India. And someone asked me like, okay, you know, that's John Chow and, and in India, but what does that look like here in the Bay Area? I'm like, hey, that's a great question. What, what does it look like in the Bay Area? And then there was more questions too, like, honestly, what if I don't care about reaching North Sentinel people for Christ? Like, honestly. Um, and then there are more questions like, when you say make disciples, like, what do you mean? And, 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 and then I want to share Jesus with the people around me, but it kind of feels like no one wants to hear. So what do I do? And uh, what about all the work that we're doing for justice? How does that relate to making disciples? Now, these are all really good questions. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? And maybe they can all be summarized by asking, what does it mean for us to make disciples right here in the Bay Area? What, what does it mean? What does it look like? What does it look like? 
Because if it's really that important and life is short and this is really that important, we need to know what it looks like. All right, so here's what I would love to do with uh, our time together this morning. I'd love to give you three pictures of what it means for us to make disciples right here in the Bay Area. Three pictures of what it looks like, three pictures of what it means. You all ready for this? Okay, the first one deals with missions. The second one deals with witness. And the third one deals with influence. Missions, witness, influence. Now, as we talk about these three areas, I want you to just kind of do a little soul searching and just consider like, how are you doing in each of these areas? Because each of these are really essential, okay? So what does it mean to make disciples in the Bay Area? First answer, you care about making disciples of the entire world. You care about making disciples of the entire world world. When Jesus rose from the grave, the biggest thing he came back from the grave to say was this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Let me hear you all say all nations. Okay. And then before Jesus ascended, His disciples, you know, they wanted to know when Israel would be restored, okay? They were good Israelites. When is Israel going to be restored? Israel, 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 Israel. And then Jesus says these words, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the earth. Think about what that means. It means that if you follow Jesus, you will become someone who cares deeply about people on the other side of the planet who do not have the hope of Jesus, right? Isn't that what it means? Now, what what happens if you're like, okay, well, listen, I, I follow Jesus, but honestly, I don't really care about people on the other side of the planet who don't have Jesus. I don't care. Okay. Um, Now, okay. A little bit of a a self-confession time. Um, When I first came to our church, it was about 20 years ago. Okay. And it was right after college. And here's the thing. I came uh, to our church, um, you know, like uh, I came to an Asian American, predominantly Asian American church because um, I was, you know, looking for community and a spouse. Okay. Um, now, was that the most noble of motivations? No, but I'm, I'm just being honest. Like that was, that was part of the reason why. Okay. And <clears throat> the Sunday I came, I, I, I remember 20 years ago, the Sunday I came, the missions director went on stage and said, today is Mission Sunday. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? I was there in the pew in my seat kind of going like, oh, man, I kind of wish I went on, came on a different Sunday, you know, because I didn't care about missions, you know? I'm like, can you tell me something that I want to hear about that I'm interested in? Now, 
<clears throat> my my wife used to hate it when I would tell that story because they don't tell that story it just makes you look so bad. Um, but that was me. That was me. That was totally me. And you're like, hold on, wait a second, Pastor Andrew, aren't you moving to Taiwan? Yes. And you're like, well, what the heck happened to you? Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, I think maybe the best way for me to explain is that key verse that we shared yesterday, where Jesus called his first disciples and said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, a lot of people, like, they focus on the first part, the follow me, or they focus on the last part, fishers of men. But what about the middle part? where Jesus makes you. Jesus said, I will make you into this. And that's exactly what happened to me. Over the course of 20 years, Jesus made me someone that really cares about missions, you know? Um, I put it like this. When you love someone, you start to care about what they care about. You start to think like them. I mean, practically, it was a mixture of different things. I was <clears throat> reading the Bible and other Christian books, and I started to go on mission trips, and slowly, slowly, my heart started to change. And then I, I read David Platt's first book, Radical, and a funny thing happened to me when I read chapter seven of that book. I couldn't sleep that night. I was profoundly disturbed because in this book, Platt basically says, you know, there are 2 billion people on the planet who have never heard the gospel of Christ, you know, never heard that Jesus died for their sins, never heard about the hope of Jesus for a new life and for a new world. And because I, my heart just broke because I'm like, how is that fair? You know, like in America, there's a Bible in every bookstore and, and a church pretty much in every city. And so people have the chance to hear about the hope of Jesus. But what about two billion who don't? And I just something my heart just broke, just, oh, you know, like, OK, OK, I, I'm like around 40 and maybe God willing to have 40 years more. How about spending the 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 next half of life god willing um to 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 bring hope to the people who have never heard you know and so my heart just broke and so now we're moving to the taiwan to train up people who who will go and share the hope of jesus to those who don't have any now no no look i didn't care about this 20 years ago and something happened to me you know what happened to me Jesus made me someone that cares. It's, it's Jesus's fault, okay? You know, uh, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you, make, make you, I will make you someone who cares. He, he does a transforming work in our lives so that we care. And that's what happened to me. And I, I believe it's what God is doing to all of us. You know, he makes you care about making disciples of the entire world, okay? Now, let's go to the second part of the message. Remember the, the summary question, which is, what does it look like to follow Jesus in the Bay Area? And my first answer is, you care about world missions. Okay, here's the second answer. You seek to witness to those around you about Jesus. 
you seek to witness to those around you about Jesus. Now, if you look in the first chapter of the book of Acts, what is the number one thing the disciples are called to do? Um, Acts 1.8, Jesus says this, remember this? We just read this. And you will be my what? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. Now, <clears throat> if you read the verse prior to this one, it says you're going to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to do what? You're going to be my witnesses. Now, to be a witness is to share what you have seen of Jesus Christ in your life with all those around you. Now, if you look at the arc of the entire book of, the, of, of Acts, what is the number one thing that all the apostles are called to do? Witness. Share their faith in Jesus with others, share their hope in Jesus with others so they can have the same hope. Now, it's no different for us. This is what we are called to do in the Bay Area to all those around us, to family, to our parents, to our kids, to our uncle, our cousin, our neighbor, the person at the grocery store, the hair cutter, our classmate, our coworker, our roommate. Now, to, to all our friends who are joining us and new to the Christian faith, let me just acknowledge that this point is a little bit awkward, you know? But please understand that if Christians really believe in the Bible and really love people, then sharing Jesus is just the best way to love people. Uh, I remember hearing in sem seminary, that to witness is basically one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. One beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. You all like that? It's a good way to frame things, right? But here's the problem. I wish that were the case in the Bay Area. Like here in the Bay Area, we just kind of feel like as a Christian, I just kind of feel like people aren't really hungry for this kind of bread or, or or people in the bay area will say oh you know that's good for you but just just keep that bread for yourself you know and, and i i get it how do you witness in a place where you just feel like oh man people don't want to hear like like as a christian with, with this amazing news i kind of feel like there's this invisible muzzle around my my face and it is hard. Now, in a minute, I, I want to bring on um, Scott Lynn, our very own Scott Lynn, because I think Scott is a great illustration of what it looks like to witness in the Bay Area. But, but first, first, let me just share like one example. I was watching the uh, Lynn Sanity document, document, documentary of Jeremy Lynn. Okay, I'm watching it with my family just uh, um, and it just struck me as I'm watching this uh, documentary. Jeremy Lin is really, really good at witnessing. And the, the thing that makes Jeremy Lin so good at witnessing is that you don't feel like he's trying to do it. You know, it, you don't feel like, oh, oh th th there's Jeremy. Now he's witnessing. Now he's, it, it, it's, it's, it's not scripted. It's just he's sharing about his life. And guess what? Jesus just comes out. 
Um, so, so during this insanity, okay, there was this, this epic game with the Lakers, right? In the middle of this insanity, everyone, there's so much hype. And so the reporters are asking Kobe, and because you know, Jeremy Lin was kind of new in this scene, you know, um, hey, Kobe, rest in peace. Uh, hey, what do you think of Jeremy Lin? And, and Kobe's like, who? Like, who's that, right? And they're like, hey, hey, Kobe, what are you going to do if, if Jeremy just goes like linsanity on you? And Kobe's like, he's just laughing, right? <laughs> he's just laughing, right? And so, okay, Jeremy Lin had an epic game, right? Remember the one that spit around Derek Fisher in the layup? It was beautiful, classic. They, and then, and then the, the Knicks won. Now, in this documentary, Jeremy Lin shares like, what was going through his head like right after the game? And he's like, he's like thinking, he's like, you know, the reporters are going to ask me, uh, they're going to say, hey, Jeremy, what do you think Kobe thinks of you now? And then he was preparing in his mind, he was going to go like, well, who's Kobe, you know, <laughs> right? And then the moment he thought that, he just went, wait a second, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do if he were me? And then he prays about it, right? Sure enough, press conference, and they asked Jeremy Lin, they go, hey, Jeremy, um, what do you think Kobe Bryant thinks of you now? And he goes, I don't know. You're going to have to ask Kobe. Now, do you see what Jeremy Lin just did? When he was explaining what was going through his mind and through, would you, when he was sharing his life, do you see what he just did? He just so naturally just brought Jesus into the conversation. He's like, there is this invisible supernatural power coming for, from a supernatural man who's working in my life, making me more humble and more loving. And, you know, I'm just going to tell you about my life. And there is Jesus. It's beautiful. Now, listen, that is the vision that we have for the people in our church. It's not like, hey, say this script. Oh, no, come on. It's about being so in love with Jesus. Just like he's in your life. And when you just talk about your life, he just comes out. You're just being real, right? Because Jesus really is worth talking about. Because he's real and he's awesome. And he's working in our lives. And so when we just talk about our lives, there is Jesus. Amen? Okay. That's Jeremy Lin. Now, uh, with the help of, 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 of uh, Frank, can we bring on Scott? I, I want to um, also just have a quick interview with Scott. Scott, you there? Ah, uh, oh, hey. there he is. Hey, you here. Hey, man. This is nice. Now it's like a little dialogue. I think, um, how you doing, Scott? Oh, you know, I'm doing good. I like your, uh, like your hoodie. It's, uh, it's pretty fresh, pretty fresh. Yeah. yeah, we're twins, by the way, right? Exactly. Uh, Scott, do you want to say hi to everyone out there? Hi, CLC. How's it going? Long time no see. All right. Now, Scott, um, I brought you on here for more than just your good looks, okay? Um, <clears throat> so, so, Scott, when, when Jesus says, be my witness, uh, I, I think you're a person who really takes that pretty seriously. So... Um, can you tell everyone, like, what does it look like for you personally? Or, you know, like here in the Bay Area, you as Scott, how do you, how do you live as a witness? 
Yeah. So recently, for those of you that I've uh, talked to a little bit, you know that there's this game called Among Us that I started playing back in October. And that that game, for whatever reason, got me watching some video game streamers. And these streamers use this website called Discord for their community to chat and hang out and get to know each other. Uh, and since I was playing this game, I really jumped in and got involved. Um, and after like a week or two, I realized like, wow, this is the first community I've been a part of that wasn't Christian. Like, it's not a church. It's not something else. It's just a community of people who play this game. Um, and not only was it not Christian, but many of the people I met, like, they didn't really know any Christians and they didn't know who Christ was or is, right? Like, they only had this idea of what they saw about Christianity on the news or it's like very like the shell of what it really means to be a Christian. Um, and it's so, like with the message oh, we have with the person who Christ is like, they need to hear it and yeah. they need to have that opportunity. And so I thought, why couldn't I be the person who was just there with them, you know, and sharing with them. And so you, so, so Scott, you are intentionally, just cultivating community through streaming and discord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I I've had Scott explain to me what streaming and discord is like maybe a couple of times. I don't pretend that I, I understood you. <laughs> okay. So, so Scott, it's, it's basically virtual community is what you're saying, right? So what is yeah, exactly. witnessing in virtual community kind of look like? Can you like, what, yeah. How does, what, how does that work? I mean, honestly, it's just about being friends with the people that I meet. You know, I'm showing them who I am. I share about being youth counselor. I shared my testimony. I share about my faith. Uh, I'm also like a listening ear when they need it. Uh, I provide them with counsel. But we also just, you know, we hang out. We have fun. We play games together. And it's just like you're being a real person to them. You know, yeah. you're not hiding anything. Yeah. You're like being the relational uh, good friend, Scott, that you actually are, right? Scott, um, sure. can you tell us, like, tell us a story, tell us a story of, uh, do, you, do you have one of what this looks like? Can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, I've got, I've got one, I've got one. Um, there's this high school senior that I've met, and she lives with her single mom, um, and she's been having a really tough time during COVID and, like, over the last couple months, and so occasionally we'll just chat, and, I, and I'm a listening ear for her, um, and this month she messaged me, like, you know, a week ago right and she said we might be homeless this month mm. like my mom starts crying because we don't have enough to make rent she doesn't have a job and you know immediately I just felt like no you won't be homeless God is a provider and I promise he'll provide and I'll, I'll help you pay your rent mm. and you know this could kind of be like ah you know this is just like a humanitarian effort or like you're just throwing money at something but it's not because like she knows me. We've been talking for months. I've shared my testimony with her about meeting Christ in high school, how that changed my life. And so when she asks the obvious question of why are you doing this? I can tell her just simply, I'm doing this because you matter. You're made in the image of God. And for that reason alone, you're precious. And I believe God has provided for me so that I can provide for others. Wow. Scott, that is a really cool story. I love that. Um, Scott, I, I love that story. Um, permit me to ask you another kind of question. It's my last question, okay? But forgive me for asking this, okay? Okay. 
Um, so Scott, my question is like, why are you doing this? All right. So it's like, I mean, normally, like, can't you just play video games and have fun is kind of my question. Like, forgive me for that. Like, but what, like, like Scott, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just play video games and have fun playing video games? Why are you, why are you doing this? I mean, I do have fun playing video games, but my deepest fear is wasting my life chasing frivolous things and living for myself. When I meet God, when I die and I meet God, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You stewarded what I gave you to my glory. I want to use everything I have for God. I don't want to waste my life chasing after fun or success or anything else that isn't framed for God's glory. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for sharing your testimony. Oh, I'm sorry? I said it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Hey, brother, um, I love your heart, and I love your story. Um, Thank you so much for sharing it and blessing our whole church. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, glad I could share. Um, Bye. (laughs) Everyone, that is Scott Lynn. Um, And uh, um, thank you, I, Scott. I think we're all really encouraged just from hearing you and, and just, just seeing your heart and how seriously you're taking Jesus's command to go and make disciples, you know? So again, we're asking the question, what does it look like to make disciples in the Bay Area? Number one, you care about making disciples of the entire world. Number two, you witness about Jesus to all those around you. And now the third answer, you help other believers to grow deeper in their faith. You help other believers grow deeper in their faith. Um, Hey, everyone, it's right there in the Great Commission. Jesus uh, rose from the dead, and then he said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And what comes next? and teaching them to observe all I have commanded. Teaching them to observe all I have commanded. Let me hear you say teaching them. Let me hear you say all Jesus commanded. That is basically saying help believers grow. Help believers grow. Help them work the gospel of Jesus Christ into every part of their lives. You see, This is so, so important because a huge problem for us, especially as American Christians, if I'm honest, is a superficial kind of spirituality. It's a huge problem. Like once I was at a dinner party with my cousin who lives in New York and my my cousin doesn't believe. But in this conversation, she tells me that she used to go to church. I'm like, oh, wow, really? She's like, yeah, I used to go to church. I, I used to love the sermons. I'm like, really? I'm like, what happened? She goes, well, um, I had a roommate who was a Christian, and uh, she was just so selfish. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, it's actually heartbreaking. And she was, she was like, and I thought, like, if this is what believing in God produces, uh-uh, uh, no. Now, look, this is a big problem for Christians. And we say, and the problem is that we say we believe, but we haven't gone deep enough. Because if you take the gospel deep, 
it changes everything. It changes how you love. It changes how you think. It changes how you love, you know. And a Christian who doesn't love well is basically a walking contradiction. It's a huge problem. And that is, that's why the third part of disciple making is so important. Um, we are called to, to teach believers to obey all that Jesus has commanded. It's the Sunday school teacher teaching kids to obey their parents. Amen. All the parents like, amen. It's the, the father at the dinner table who's sharing a story of how God helped him love someone difficult to love at work. I mean, all that is all very necessary. What about last week? Uh, a group of us listened to a MLK sermon and talked about what it means to fight racism. Is that making disciples? Yes. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And what this means in our context is to grow in our care and understanding for racial justice. I'll give you an example, okay? There's a woman in our church who works as an optometrist, and she works in Oakland serving an underserved population. So not long ago, she was given the choice to relocate to a more affluent area. And she said, no, you know, she enjoys serving the underserved. And, and then last week, one of her clients said to her, you know, that he has terminal cancer. And my, my friend, is, you know, she loves Jesus. And she, she basically is telling me like, oh, man, how can I not share the hope of Jesus with him? You know, I, oh, I want to, I got to, you know. Um, but what she did, and that's a story maybe, you know, she'll tell you herself. But the story I want to tell you today about her is a different one. My friend happens to be in a Bible study with non-Asian people. She's Asian and she's in a, a study. Everyone's um, non-Asian but her. And at the end of the study, um, uh, this happened a couple of weeks ago, the facilitator asks, well, does, does anyone have prayer requests? And then my, my friend speaks up and she says, yes, yes. Please pray against all the racial hatred that is causing people to attack Asian American elders who are just walking down the street. Like they're literally being shoved to death. And so she shares this and she just kind of pouring out her heart, you know, and then, okay. And then she's done sharing and, you know, she's looking at all the faces on Zoom and just, you know, just silence, you know, just not a word, you know. And, and then the facilitator goes, okay, well, um, does anyone else have a prayer request? You know, and my friend is hurt. She's like, wait a minute, did, did you not hear what I just shared? Now, the people in her group are believers and they're they're good, they're good people, but they just haven't yet been discipled in empathy towards the struggles of minorities. Or maybe there is my empathy, but it's just unexpressed empathy. And, and so she's going to follow up with them and bring these issues to their attention and talk to them about it, you know. And she's praying that they and their respective churches would care about Chinese elders who are being literally shoved to death. And to empathize, you know? Is this part of disciple making? Yes, it is. It's part of, it's part of loving Asian American elders 
um, by speaking up on their behalf. And, it, and, and it's also part of loving non-Asians to help them grow in empathy. It's also part of disciple making. Okay. Um, church family, um, that, 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 is, uh, that is today's message. Um, uh, it comes back to this urgency. It does. Um, life is short. Life is short. We're called to go and make disciples here in the Bay Area. So let us care about making disciples of the entire world. Let us witness about Jesus to all those around us. And let us help other believers grow deeper in their faith. Now, let me leave you with this one last thought. It's basically what Scott said. One day, all of us will stand before Jesus and give an account for our lives. If you believe the Bible, the Bible is very clear about this. One day, we will stand before Jesus and give an account for our lives. Some of us are thinking, that's so far away. You know, my father died at the age of 45. Guess, guess how old I am. Uh, I, yesterday, to be honest with you, I forgot how old I, I was. And so I had to ask Raina and she said, you're 45. I'm like, what? I thought I was 44. My father died at 45. I am 45 now. I feel like I'm living on borrowed time. The point is this, life is short and one day we will stand before Jesus and give an account for our lives. Now, I was reading this the other day where, where Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 talks about people who believe in Jesus, but just barely make it into heaven as if passing through fire. This is 1 Corinthians 3. Now, now listen, this is not what we're about as a church. We're, we're not like, hey, we're a Christian layman church. We make disciples who barely make it into heaven as if passing through fire. No, 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 no. We want to live lives where we are so in love with Jesus. We can't help but talk about him. We want to care about the two billion who have never heard and do everything we can to engage them. We want to help believers grow so that a watching world can see through believers that Jesus is real and he is making us new. We want to stand before Jesus and say, Lord, you said go and make disciples. And because of your grace, it's what I spent my life doing. And then to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, um, you know, I don't get many more times to talk to our church. I think I have maybe five more, and this is one of them. I love my church. I just pray, Father, that you will make us into the people, all of us, into the people that truly, truly care that make your mission our priority, that think like you do, that love like you do, and that love Jesus, and just, just can't help but share the hope of Jesus to all those around us. 
Just want to pray for all of us. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.